This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. In the late 1800s, Yellowstone Park, did you know, was the first park in the world to be recognized as a national park. And since that time, thousands and thousands and thousands upon parks around the world, and they were showing different glimpses through beautiful cinematography of all these wondrous places that God created. And I just found myself overwhelmed, just tears streaming down my face at the beauty of God's creation, because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he made male and female in his likeness. And he invited us to rule and reign with him. And God's presence filled all that he had created, including mankind. Breathe the breath of life into our nostrils, into our lungs. We all know the story of the fall of man where the earth is no longer in its rightful state and is now separated from the third heavens with this second heaven interference, principalities and powers, dark rulers, right? Demons then being cast to the earth. The entire creative order in chaos. Can you imagine? father sat unmovable on his throne of authority and he spoke light into the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it what a beautiful thing to be a friend of God right John his favorite one which this room is filled with favorite ones today is shown great mysteries is shown all that transpired even before the foundations of the world as he's taken up in this vision and revelation. I want to show you this not to teach on this this morning, but just to give some context to how Jesus' enthronement relates to you and me. Revelation 5.3, there's this response of John's heart because he's looking around at this great problem from the fall of man. This this terrible atrocity that has happened as God's heart just longed to make space for you and I just to dwell with him forever. No death, no sin, no, no sickness, no brokenness. And John's taking this all in. But as he looks around, he says that there's no one, take note of this, in heaven, God's dwelling place, on earth where man lives or under the earth, Hades, death, hell, and the grave. No one in terms of what he could see was able to to remedy and fix this issue. He begins to ask the question, as should should we this morning? Who is worthy? That word worthy means suitable, means morally or legally qualified to take on the assignment of bringing all things back into its rightful order. 
Who is worthy? John says in verse four that he wept much because he found no one who was worthy. No one who could remedy the situation. And then a wise one, an elder, the Bible says, speaks to him in verse five. Don't weep. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. Can you imagine in a moment where you need hope? You're looking around, you're distraught, there's grief from the loss. And then a word comes to you, do not cry, do not weep, do not be discouraged, do not be hopeless, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. This is a once and for all, forever done deal upon the cross. The lion, Genesis chapter 49, go and look it up. The lion of the tribe of Judah, referring to Jesus, has prevailed in his assignment. What was that assignment? Well, it was the incarnation, first and foremost. I want you to think about this. Can you imagine... God himself leaving his heavenly domain and taking on flesh and bone, literally clothing himself in humanity and stepping into our world, into our space, into the brokenness, the culmination of the brokenness. In fact, it says that the nation at the time was under a shadow of death. And in that moment, Jesus comes. Yes, God, but fully man, clothed in flesh through the incarnation. God coming to earth. The crucifixion. To die on the cross as a sacrifice for all of humanity. To be buried. To descend into the very depths of hell itself. And to be raised through resurrection life on the third day and appeared to many over the course of 40 days. Wow, what an amazing thing that must have been. There's this old hymn that talks about Jesus as the Lord omnipotent who reigns. Omnipotent simply means all Think about this with me. All powerful in heaven, all powerful on the earth, and all powerful underneath the earth. There's not a space that the power of Christ has not breached. He has made his way into all those spaces again, and his power is reigning even now in all of those realms. He is all powerful. But this is where oftentimes our theology kind of stops. And my hope today, just as we wrap this up, is to cross the threshold with you today. We acknowledge all of these things. Most people would say Jesus is all-powerful in thought and in concept. 
Where do, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us here and now? Are we, are we waiting for, for something more? Has fully everything been accomplished through Jesus? What's the, what's the understanding that he wants us to have this morning? What I want to submit to you is that because of what he accomplished, we also now have been invited to reign with him again, just like we were in the beginning. If he made a way and brought congruence to all that was broken, here we are placed in this moment of human history to restore and bring beauty to the world again with him, to reign with Jesus. Darren, what are you talking about? Paul was clear. He said, Christ is in you. It's the hope for all of the created order. The word there is cosmos. For all of the world, for all of hell, for all of heaven, it lives inside of you. There's a hope of glory that you carry. And when we awaken to this church, we will see something beyond anything we could ever imagine. We can't stop at just what Jesus did. We have to take up the invitation that he's calling us into. So the Bible in Galatians shows us this same pattern in chapter 2, verse 20, where Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. But Christ lives in me. We've been buried in the waters of baptism. I remember we had a person that came to our church that used to play for the Miami Heat and I was hearing his testimony. And he was telling me that when he was in college and he gave his life to Jesus and he had that moment of baptism when he went down into the water. It was a profound story. He said when he came up and he looked back, he could see his old self still still there laying in the water. It's changed his life, completely transformed his life. Do you understand who you once were before Jesus no longer lives? Doesn't have any even ability to breathe unless we empower that old self. You see, it has been put to death. We have been crucified with Christ. We have been buried with him in the waters of baptism. And he says, the life that I now live in the body is by faith in what? The Son of God, the one who is reigning over all things. This is my new life. He has changed me. He has transformed me. This one who loved me and gave himself for you and me. The old life we once lived is dead. Everybody say that. Dead. Come on, dead. It is dead. That is not us. That is not who God intended for us to be, that person that we once knew, that was so familiar, that we so identified with. God has put that to death. Resurrection. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 says that God raised us up. There it is, with Christ and ascension, seated us. 
with Jesus in the heavenly realms. Now, how this comes full circle is we didn't start with incarnation, but we finish with it. We were crucified, we were buried, we were raised, we ascended, and now we incarnationally, please hear me, because you gotta hear this point, because now we incarnationally enter our worlds Whatever that world is for you, whether it's your neighborhood, your family, your workplace, your home with your kids, you incarnationally now take Christ with you again into those spaces. Church, you see, when Jesus said, it's better for me to go away, you see, he was not omnipresent. He was omnipotent, but he was not omnipresent. He said, it's better that I go away, and I'm going to send Holy Spirit to you. I'm going to send my spirit to live on the inside of you, and you now incarnationally. See, God always remedies what was broken. He was never nervous about the fall. He knew that there would be redemption in its perfect time. What if that time was now for us to take Christ into our worlds? Where now man's dwelling place and God's dwelling place are no longer separate. We got to stop thinking that way. There, there is no chasm anymore. There is no distance. There is no delay. God is with you, whether you feel it or not, whether you know this or not. He is closer than your breath. Actually, if you know Jesus, he dwells, the Godhead himself dwells on the very inside of you. Can you imagine? There is no separation between the first heavens and the second heavens and the third heavens and and hell. It's all encompassed by the love of God. He is permeating all of it with his love. On Good Friday, I had this scripture that I shared. I didn't get to elaborate on it, but there was something I saw, I think, for the very first time. When Jesus was crucified and the death of the dream began to descend upon these disciples, which I think we could, could you know, identify with, probably in our own story, like dreams we've had, desires we had, and death came to those things. He says in the midst of that grief, where there wasn't any hope. It says that they went to their homes alone. Can you imagine the desire of God was to bring his family together? And in the midst of that loss, without hope, they went to their houses alone. And then they sat there and he said, this is what you're thinking. He says, you're thinking that I'm alone when I was hanging on that tree. You're thinking that I was alone when I went into that tomb. You were thinking that I was alone when I went down to hell. And he says, I wasn't alone. The Father was with me. We're never alone. We're never alone, church. No matter what we go through, we're never alone. The Father is always with us. And that chasm, that that gap that was trying to separate has been broken, it's been torn open. We don't have to isolate anymore. We don't have to go and retreat into our homes and Netflix binge and and self-medicate or sulk or get spiraled in our own, you know, know, just 
discouragement. Hope is rising in the human heart again as the gospel is being preached. It's not just about Jesus sitting on a throne and you having one day access to a heavenly eternity. No, it's way bigger than that. It's God wanting to bring you into life and life abundant right now. This is what he paid for. In a minute, we're just going to take an action step today, and then I'm going to leave you with three things before we leave today. Did you know that the name of our city, Fort Lauderdale, literally means fortress of praise? That's why it's not far off saying, what if heaven was the landscapes of our cities? It's, it's all about what we want to see happen here, what we believe could happen. It was a dream back in the day when we were beginning this church that we were standing on top of this big rickety old building made out of wood in downtown Fort Lauderdale. It was higher than all of the other buildings. It wasn't as beautiful as all the other buildings by its outward appearance. But there were these brave ones that were on the top of this building and they were jumping off the building. God was catching them as they fell. And there was these ones by the thousands gathered around the bottom of the building and they were in awe of these ones that were taking a move and a step of faith to do something with what they carried. What does it mean to step out as a brave one? To say, God put our hands over our own hearts here as in heaven. When we wake up in the morning and we think of our children, we begin to echo prayers over their lives that say in them as in heaven. When we get ready to go into our places of employment, the businesses and places that we earn income say Lord here as in heaven dreams that maybe we stopped dreaming but now are coming back to us again Lord here into these dreams as it is in heaven we live in a little townhome near here and it's a little 44 unit kind of enclave and we walk our dog and I just as we do I just find myself saying all the time Lord here in heaven we had a lady into our house the other day and she just started pouring out her heart she's like I don't even know what I'm doing I've never shared these kind of things with anybody before what's happening to me and I just thought to myself well heaven's here because we're here so a call to action here's what I want you to do I want you to say I'm committed to the process to take heaven into and fill in the blank. And I'm going to invite you up in just a minute right now. To take this into your sphere of influence. What sphere, what realm of society are you going to take heaven into? 
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.